Let's open the Bible in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now, I want you, you know, I'm going to take this step by step and I want you to listen very carefully to what I've got to say. And let this sink into your heart because I believe by the end of this message you'll experience such a peace when it comes to faith. You know, Jesus Christ came and He brought salvation to the whole world. But the reality of that in this world is everybody is not experiencing salvation. That's why Jesus said, go and preach the gospel so that people can hear the gospel and that they might be saved. And I was always, in the last couple of, of, of months, I was starting to struggle with this thing because if Adam could get us unsaved like this, the whole world, why can't Jesus get everybody saved even without them believing anything? Just save the whole world. You know, and, um, and, and that was something, and there's teachings that says, you know, you don't need any faith to be saved. There is teachings like that. It believes that the, the work that Jesus did on the cross was so big that nobody needed to have any faith, that nobody's going to hell, the whole world is saved. That's a false teaching. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and um, we're going to just read some scriptures just to, to lay a foundation from where we're going to speak. And uh, when I realized why we need to believe, I realized the wonderful, the wonderful work of Jesus Christ restoring us back to the original image. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse, um, verse 8. But what does it say? It speaks of righteousness by faith. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It doesn't say nobody will be ashamed. It says whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Now the context here in the, book, the whole book of Romans, um, the, 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 the foundation scripture of the whole book of Romans is Romans 1 verse 16 and 17, where Paul took about 10, 11 chapters to explain what he said in one verse. And in, in chapter 1 verse 16 he says that salvation is for the Jew and the Greek if they believe. Doesn't, there's no difference. And then, because of the way it was at that time, because they believed only Jews could be saved. Then Paul came and he said, there's a different system by which we are saved. We are not saved by works, because nobody by his works is justified before God. But Jesus Christ came and brought righteousness unto everybody, so that whosoever believes might have access into the grace in which we already stand. So, we already stand in the grace of God. We already stand in the righteousness of God. It's like uh, the parable of the, um, that Jesus told about the banquet. He said, well, invite people to this banqueting table. You know, and this, this like a wedding. Let them come. All of them. Invite them. And then one said, no, I'm busy. Can't come. And the other one said, um, well, I just bought some cattle. 
so I can't go as well. And the other one said, I've just gotten married. And then he said, go into the streets and get all those that's not busy. Okay? That's not in works. You know, that doesn't have a works mentality. Let them come. And they came. Now, the fact is that there was a place for everybody. Food was prepared. The place was there. Everything was there. Everything was already His. But because He did not go, He had no access to what was His. It was already His. It was already prepared. He wasn't sitting at the banqueting table not knowing He's there. He wasn't there. He had to go there. And the going there is the ability that God has given man that makes him godly. Because we're not animals. We're made in the very image of God. And God decides what He wants to do. And He made us in His very image and in His likeness. God said, let us make man. And what did He do? He made man. So God gave us the very same ability as what He has. That we can come to a place where we, everything can be given to you, but it's still your, your God-given right because of God's godliness in you to say, I want part of this or I don't want part of this. Because you're not an animal. No animal can believe. Only humans can believe. And that, the origin of that is in God. Now faith is not something that we must work up in ourselves. Faith is something that is a fruit of what God has given us. Because faith comes by the word of God. And the righteousness that we have, we don't generate that righteousness by our faith. The righteousness that we have is generated by the faith of Jesus Christ. When He believed the Father, He brought righteousness unto all of us. But now we rest our minds in His faith. And in what He has done, and we experience life. Okay. So, Romans chapter 10. Let's just read it again. And that was just a quick foundation. And um, I, would, I would advise you to get last Sunday's, uh, or the previous time we ministered here, me- message as well as um, this message. Because you'll have to listen to this a couple of times. I'm honest, it took me some time to study this. man, <laughs> You know, and to, to, to get the simple revelation. Okay, now listen to what it says here. It says, just to explain the context of faith, it says, Now, if you shall confess with your mouth, verse 9, the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on Him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon His name. So unto whom is the Lord rich? Unto all that call upon His name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. How then shall they call upon the name of the Lord if they have not believed? So, the calling on the name of the Lord is a result of your belief. You first believe in Him. Then you call upon Him. You don't call upon Him and then you start to believe in Him. You first believe who He is. And then you see, this is a wonderful God. I believe what He's done, and now I can call on His name, and I say, His name, in His name, I'm saved. I've already been saved. He's already brought salvation to me. But today, I step into what He has already given to all the world. For He took away the sin of the whole world. Amen. Right. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elijah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So obedience to the gospel is faith in Jesus Christ and faith in what he's done. So, this is what God has done in Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to the earth, he came as a human being, representing me and you. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the whole world. Not just one or two or three. Everybody. So what has happened to the sin of the whole world? It's been taken away. Now the Bible says, He has reconciled the world unto Himself. By what? By not imputing their trespasses against them. Then He says, We now as ambassadors of God, plea with you. Why is He pleading? There was nothing to plea about. We plea with you. God has reconciled Himself unto you by not... Um, what, what, what did I say? Imputing your trespasses to you. Now, be ye now reconciled to God. So that means, if God has reconciled Himself unto man, that there's nothing between God and man, that, there is, that man and God is still not 100% reconciled. It's like, uh, let me give you a very practical example. Say somebody goes through a divorce. They want a divorce. The husband cheated on the wife. So now they had a massive fight. They decided, no, they're going to get divorced. So now um, they, they come to counselors and they said, let's see if we can save this thing. And they speak to the husband. And um, he said, no, after I've committed this sin now, I feel so guilty. I can't do it anymore. The wife says, man, I'm willing to take him back. In her heart... She has reconciled him unto her by not imputing his trespasses against him. But in his heart, he's not reconciled. And guess what? They're not going to be married anymore. That's the truth. And that's the importance why we preach the gospel. For people to understand that their master is not angry with him. He's a friend. He's good. He's not imputing trespasses so they can believe it. So that reconciliation can also take place in the hearts of people. That's why there's so many people today that's not willing to go to church, doesn't want to have anything to do with Jesus Christ, for a mad, angry God is presented to them that has not, um, has, has not forgiven sins, but still look at sin until they will confess it. We're not saved because we confess our sins. We are saved because of what Jesus Christ has done and because we are persuaded of that and say, God, I identify myself with what you have done. Thank you, my God, that is for me. I'm invited to this, to this table where I can sit and sup with the Lord, eating the blood and the body of the Lord, and I will go there. Amen. For I found persuasion in my heart through what you've said. And we can't talk that away, people, because, um, and, and I, I have to say this, we're also going to put this on our website, we're going to broadcast it on our station, because doctrinally there must be soundness in Scripture. Because why did Jesus say, go and make disciples of all the world, if it was not needed? No, no, it's needed. People need to follow Christ. 
They don't need to live themselves anymore, but now they must live Christ. How do you live Christ? By simply hearing the gospel. Now, the word faith is the word persuasion in the Greek. It says a persuasion because of an argument, true or false. Now go and study that out. The root word for the word faith means exactly that. It's a persuasion that's in the heart of a person because of a certain argument or a reasoning that he's got. Now, if we... Another thing about faith, let me just say this. Faith is never directed towards the future. It's directed to the past. You don't faith for something. You faith, you are persuaded of what has happened. And you are persuaded of who you are in Christ Jesus. You are persuaded of who mankind is. Because when Jesus was born from the dead, He stood up a new man. And who you are in Him. That's what you are persuaded of. So the argument that you must listen to, the argument true or false, is the argument of what has happened. So you don't faith for a car. You don't faith for a house. You don't faith for healing. You faith in what has happened. Faith is for past tense stuff. Then you get the word believe, which is the resting of the mind, which I speak is, which I put in the, in the present tense. Right now, I've got peace of mind because my mind is rested in the facts of what I'm persuaded of. Then you get the word hope, which is for the future. And there's only one thing we hope for, and that is, the resurrected body and the glorified body in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, to me, to, to the studies that I've made in the Word of God, that is as sound as what you can get it. Faith is for past things. What do we faith? What are we persuaded of? We are persuaded that He became a man. When was that? 2,000 years ago. Then we persuaded that He... Why are we persuaded? Because we looked at the Old, and, and especially in the context of the Jewish people, because we've looked at the Old Testament Scriptures, the fulfillment of prophecy, and all those type of things. We looked at all of those things. And we looked at those reasonings, and, and yes, he would be, he would be uh, in Nazareth, and he would, be, he would stay over there, then he would go to Egypt, and then he would be crucified, and all those things. He would, be, he would rise again, and the psalm says that he will not see that his beloved will... Uh, um, will suffer corruption and all those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is what happened to this man. And everything, through all those arguments, persuasion, people were persuaded of this truth and what it meant. Okay? And as they were persuaded about that, they, find that they found that their minds start to rest in the person of God. Because what happened there portrayed this loving, caring man... Almost too good to be true God that's willing to tithe on your behalf so that you can prosper. That's willing to leave all His prosperity and become poor so that you can become rich through what He's done for you. To take your sickness upon Him so that you don't have to carry that. That obeyed every um, commandment and every law that man had ever to obey in order to be righteous. He obeyed on our behalf. When you start to take all of that, you find... And you persuaded that that happened to you and that was on behalf of man. It's related to you. You find peace coming to your mind. And that's the word believe. When you believe in Him. So, you faith, you persuaded of stuff that has happened. You believe in someone. Okay? In who He is. And then you've got an expectation for the future. 
which we've got a hope, the Bible says in Romans 8. And, and if that hope has happened, why do we still hope? For hope that has happened is not hope anymore. That is what the Bible teaches. So we know that the, that the Lord Jesus Christ has not returned yet um, in, in physical form. He has not. And we're still hoping and expecting that. And I've got a confident expectation of hope that if it should happen, that I should die. I'll be raised from the dead with Him. I'll have a glorified body with, with, with Him, you know, in physical form, and will rule with Him forevermore. You know, and my righteousness will never, ever, forever, once be based on what I do. For Jesus Christ is the end of the law unto righteousness. So when you believed on Him, you became the righteousness of God. Okay. So, what is faith? Faith is a persuasion. Now, I want to say this to you. If you want to buy, I said to my wife in the car on the way here, there was a colt bucky in front of us. I said, if you want to be persuaded that the colt bucky is the best bucky there is, don't go to the Toyota dealer and ask him what he thinks of the colt bucky. If you want to be persuaded, if you want to have true faith, let me use those words now. If you want to have true faith, don't go to a place where you hear the law. Man. And I'm not saying, please hear this, I'm not saying everybody must come here. Find any grace place. You know, but make sure that you hear the grace of God. You can't be persuaded of the goodness of God when you get a little bit of the opinion of somebody over here and a little bit of opinion over there and a little, now you want to be persuaded. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Greek word actually means fully persuaded. How are you going to be fully persuaded that there's no law between you and God, that you don't function on the basis of works, but you function on the basis of faith? How are you going to believe that? How are you going to be persuaded about that if you... 10 minutes you hear this, 20 minutes that, 10 minutes that, another guy's opinion, another guy's opinion. No, no. If you want to be persuaded that exercise is good for you, speak to the people that run the gym. If you want to be persuaded that the grace message is the only message, make sure you're at a place where you only hear that and only that. Because otherwise you'll be confused. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that's not trying to say anything but normal common sense. That's common sense. But what I've seen is what, what we walk with as Christians, and I want you to listen to this. I don't say you're not allowed to go and go to some other churches or some other teachings, seminar, where you maybe feel you want to go and help somebody or whatever. Do whatever. You are free. You're under no law. But I want to say this, the Bible clearly says, guard your heart above all things that must be guarded, for out of your heart flows the very force that drives your life. And with a heart we believe unto righteousness. So if you don't hear a message where you can rest your mind unto righteousness, I mean, what force will drive your life? The force of the flesh is what will drive your life. For the law activates the flesh. And if the law is in your heart, from your heart, you're going to find what? The flesh manifesting. And it will be a force that drives your life. You'll be enslaved unto that, like Romans 6 says. Okay? So we want to be free. So, faith is a persuasion. Faith is the substance, Hebrews 11 was one, of the things hoped for. The evidence 
are the things not seen. Now, the word substance is the word foundation in the original language. So, faith is the foundation from where we hope. And I've explained that properly now. Faith is, I am persuaded because this, 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 this is falling into place. I understand the whole logic of why Jesus had to become a human being. Because he had to be a human being because he represents humans. Okay. Why did he have to obey the law? Because man, through Adam, was under a law system that through works you will be made righteous. And that was the only way for man to be made righteous, by works. So somebody came on behalf of man and worked. Jesus. That's why he had to be sinless. He died on behalf of man to take the punishment for sin, so that sin could be removed from the whole world. And then he stood up out of the dead into everlasting, glorified human flesh so that he could forever be our representative making this an everlasting covenant. Oh, we've got that now. Now that's the foundation. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. Because of this I can expect an immortal body. Because of this I can expect in the return of the Lord there will be no judgment for me. Okay? That's it. That's faith. And another thing about faith as an introduction to this, faith, you know, you can't believe that you are now Hunmas Maniki. Okay? You believe you're an alien. Yeah, I'm an alien. I'm an English man in New York. Okay? <laughs> now, you believe you're an alien. Do you know what? You're not all of a sudden going to wake up one morning with one eye in the middle here. Even if you believe it. Your faith can maybe turn your, your wrong faith can maybe twist your life upside down but there's no substance for your faith because there's no truth behind your faith that's why the gospel was hidden for ages and generations and then Jesus was revealed then it was preached so there could be substance for what we believe otherwise you believe in nothing no somebody died for my sins where? on a cross where man? outside Jerusalem where? mad man Nobody died there. That's what was hidden for all that time. I made a study. The word faith, believe, and the past tense, the word believed, in the Old Testament is only 42 times. Okay? Of which um, one speaks of the right type of faith, the righteous shall live by faith. And then the other word faith basically speaks of faithfulness. And the other word believe and all of that also speaks of not everyone, some of them speaks of believing in God. But it was more directed towards stuff. You know, getting this or winning this battle or that, that type of thing. None of it was directed towards Jesus and salvation, eternal salvation. 42 times. In the New Testament, it's used 417 times. For there was no faith in the Old Testament. For there was, now listen to me, in the heavens... Everything existed, but it was not known to man. That's why man could not believe. What will you believe? For how will they believe if they have not heard? That's what the Bible says. So they couldn't. It was very difficult for them to believe. Abraham believed because the Bible says the gospel was preached to him, saying you will be blessed. That's why he could believe and his faith was counted to him for righteousness, for he heard the gospel. It's the only one's faith. And then he was the father of faith. And then the promise was made to him and to Jesus. The promise was to Jesus and to his seed. Not as of many seeds, but as of one. Jesus Christ. So Jesus came and he faithed again. 
and believed and obeyed everything and brought righteousness to all of man. So faith is something that is based on reality, that is based on truth. Now, the creation of man. When God made man, He made man in His image and in His likeness. Exactly like Him. That's why man has got the ability to have faith and believe. Because that's how God is. In the beginning God said, and let me give you an example of what faith is. Faith is a persuasion, not of, like I said, of what you will get, but of what you've got. So God looked at what he's got and he was persuaded of what he had. Then he said, let us make man. It's like saying to my wife, my wife, let's go on holiday. To utter those words, there's a lot of faith behind those words. Now, faith, now remember, we must get that paradigm of faith, I hope it's something in the future is going to happen out of our mind. Faith is a persuasion of what I've got. Past tense. So, for me to say that, I know I've got enough money in the bank, the vehicle is reliable, we've got a place that we can go to, and it is school holidays, everything is right, that we can do that. So I am persuaded through a lot of arguments that I've formed in my mind that I can now come to the place where I say, let's go on holiday. In the same way, and that is faith. Being persuaded of what you've got. It's the word persuasion, man. So God came and says, let us make man. And He made man. In His image and in His likeness. Then He said to man, you know what, Adam? If you eat of that tree of life, you know what will happen? You live. If you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know what will happen? You'll die. So that Adam could believe and have faith. For he made him in his very likeness. And we're going to get now into how Adam fell. But to give you more proof that, 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 that Adam, uh, um, that, that God lived by faith. When he, he looked at what was in heaven and what he possessed, then he said, because Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Then he said, he looked in heaven, what is God, what he possesses. And when Adam sinned, he slaughtered an animal. Clothed him. And said, I'll cover your sin, don't worry. By faith, he also said, persuaded of what is already in him, he said, there will be enmity between, my, between your seed and his seed. And he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Speaking of Jesus in future, living by faith. So God lives by faith. God lives by the principle of, I'm persuaded of what I have. And out of that power of persuasion, I start to act. If you are persuaded, you're not good enough to do something. You'll find that out of that persuasion, you'll manifest timidness and weakness. And the way God made man to function is to function like him because it's the most powerful way to function. Now, if, if God could give man reality so he doesn't believe a lie, that there's substance for what he believes, if he could give him reality, and that reality is that he is the very righteousness of God. Okay? And he makes him to function on the, on the foundation of, I put, I give him everything for free. Then as he's persuaded of this, there'll be an emotion and a power that comes into him that changes him and manifests everything he believes in his flesh. If I can give him, like, if I can give him that, we'll have a God-man. 
Hallelujah. That's how God made us. <laughs> Bless God. That's why Jesus Christ had to come and everything had to be given for free. So that man could be persuaded of who he is. He first had to have everything for free like God. Okay? Everything that was God's had to be given to him so that everything he has. He could not say, well, I believe I'm the righteousness of God, but he's not. God first had to make man the righteousness of God. Then, when people believe it, and that's what belief is. Belief is the believing or, or faith has got the attribute, being persuaded of the truth, has got the attribute to take what is spiritual and to bring it into this life. So, that's why God came in every area of your life. That's why it's so important to in every area of your life have the gospel of grace. Because if you don't have the gospel of grace in every area of your life, you will not find the nature of God in the areas of your life where you don't have the gospel of grace. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we get to the big thing. Let's, let's look at the temptation of Eve. Oh, Eva. Now the serpent was more subtle than the beasts of the field which the Lord has made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? That's verse 1, verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, Genesis 3, verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods. You see the, the mirfot, it's a plural. Of the word God. It's God's. It's in the Hebrew the word Elohim's. If I can use it like that. So what he was actually saying is. And that was the na- name of God. Elohim. So what he was saying to them is. Listen. <clears throat> if you eat of this tree. Now you must listen carefully to what I say now. Remember. Adam and Eve are beings. That operate and bring. S- spiritual stuff into manifestation. On the foundation of how God made them. Which is by faith. Being persuaded of something. So here they listen to the word of Satan. No, no, no. You can be like God, what he was actually saying to them, by knowing right and wrong and just doing the right thing. That's what he said. And that, what it actually means is, um, you get right and wrong in front of you, you get your own power, you do the right thing, and then you'll be Elohim. Not God himself, just like God. Now God never had an issue with people being like him. For he made people in his image and in his likeness. Afrikaans word is more powerful as I say in say gelijkenis. In his equality he made man. But then man said, listen, I will I, I want to and, and, and listen, as they listened to this word, what happened? Persuasion came to their hearts. They started to be persuaded of that word. Because the Bible says, and Eve when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, beautiful to look at, desirable to make one wise, 
what did she do? So she first got persuaded that this law system, the system of knowing right and wrong and doing the right thing, yes, that can produce it. When she got persuaded, that persuasion, what did it bring? Action. And she, by faith, ate of it. Now, how do we eat? In, uh, um, you know, how do you eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for? It's very clear that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't the physical tree. Neither is a tree of life a physical tree. Jesus Christ is a tree of life. Isn't it? We are called trees of righteousness. There's no leaves. It's just an allegory. It's a sign. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a teaching, a belief system, a doctrine that says, by your works you can be something. Now God said, you will be, you are what you are because I made you like that. By the Holy Spirit. And now you function by being persuaded of this. So they said, no, no, we'll get persuaded of another thing. And now, through this persuasion that we hear now, we'll implement a system that says, not by my persuasion, but by my works, I'll be like God. I don't have to live by faith anymore. I don't have to live by the Spirit anymore. I don't have to believe on the righteousness of God. No, 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 no. I'll be nothing. Then I'll do something right and then I'll become the righteousness of God. So he implemented a system of law. And how did Eve eat of that? Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 51. He says, he says in John chapter 6, verse 51, clearly, he says, Listen, I am the bread of life that came from heaven. If you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you've got no part in me. Now how do you eat the flesh of Jesus? He says, If you eat my flesh, you will live forever. Now how do you eat the flesh of Jesus? Tell me. And that is not communion. Because you can take communion and be condemned. That's what the Bible says. It says you eat a curse over yourselves. Condemnation over yourselves. So by eating that little bread, that's not the eating of the body of the Lord. What makes the eating of the bread something is what you discern when you eat it. <laughs> and that is faith. Persuasion. Okay, so how do we eat Jesus? It's by having faith in what He's done. That's it, that's how you eat. You eat of Jesus by having faith. Because He says, if you eat my flesh, you will live forevermore. Then another place He says, if you believe in me, you will live forevermore. So eating is believing. Eating is being persuaded. So how did Eve come to a place where she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She heard this message of, by knowing right and wrong, you can become long enough until she found that this thing can give peace to her mind. Then she believed it. And when she believed it, that's when death came in. Then she spoke that same word to Adam, and Adam started to believe it. And they died. Now what did they do? They implemented a system that says, by my works... I'm righteous. Okay? I implemented a system of becoming, not the system of I am. When God appeared to, 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 um, to, to Moses, He says, I am. What's your name? I am that I am. Now that's exactly what faith is. I am so much that I manifest. I am that I am. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's how we believe. I am the righteousness of God, man. I am the blessed of Jesus Christ. I am the dwelling place of the Almighty. 
bless God. I am forever accepted in the Beloved. As He is, so am I in this world. Okay, where you are so persuaded of that thing that it manifests. That's what He said to Moses. And that's how Adam was. Adam was the same way when he made him. But then Satan came and said, listen, you, you can now become a I become. And not a I am anymore. That's it. And he implemented a system of, I'll become something in the eyes of God. And I'll become like God. I can even become like God by doing this. So what happened? He removed the whole thing of, you have it all and you believe, to a system of, you have nothing and you must do to become. So, the way people under the law have got access, the way from Adam until Jesus, people had access into grace was very simple. It was by works. You had to have access by works. So, how did people enter into righteousness in the Old Testament? You've got to work. So, they didn't have a belief system, they had a work system. So, you can't say, and this is the answer to the whole question, that I've asked myself. You can't say, please just forget the light, look at the man of God. Amen. <laughs> I've got this thing in my heart, I want to share it. You know, you can't say under the law system, well, they didn't believe, you know, and they were just dumped into unrighteousness. Because they didn't have access into unrighteousness by belief. Because it wasn't a belief system. It was a works system. So everybody that tried to live holy, Entered into death. In the New Testament it's belief. There it was. Works. That. <laughs> thank you Jesus. That's the good news. Man. I thank God. That's the answer to the whole thing. Because. Why didn't they have to believe but they were still unrighteous? Because it wasn't a belief system. It was a works system. So anybody who tried. You're in it. And everybody tried. Everybody tried. And they tried to have access into grace. But listen, if you try and you don't make it, you've got access into death. So under the law, your access system is works. But under grace, the nature, the blueprint with which God has made you, your access system is believing what you've got. So saying that you don't need... Now, the, the conclusion. Saying that you don't need faith to be saved is denying the full work of Jesus Christ in recreating you to the original blueprint. Let's give the Lord a clap. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, listen. Now, when I got this, I want to believe, man. Oh, that's godly. That's like God. I want to believe. Tell me something good that I can believe it. I'm not a doubter. I have been created as a believer. All of a sudden, faith is not something I do. It is my being. It's my nature. It is my God-given right to be a believer. I don't want to have... You know, listen. (laughs) Listen, I don't want to... Say, well, Jesus Christ is the Son of God because somebody got healed and stood up out of a wheelchair. No, 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 no. I want that persuasion of what happened on the cross. 
and His obedience on my behalf. His resurrection, what He's done for me, who He is today, and I identify with Him, and I am persuaded that He did it for me. And that's the foundation from where I don't care if somebody blind I see or not. I don't care if other people believe it or not. If God and I believe this, it's enough. Amen. Let me tell you something. This is a great answer to me. Because I've been walking with a burden, man. You know, this thing in your mind. People ask you questions. But why? Adam, he sinned and his followers didn't have to believe. To have access into death. No, no. <laughs> the sin he committed, what he dumped them into was not you believe into sin. You do into sin. Do something wrong and you qualify. The New Testament we've been restored. And I want to tell you something else. You know what, what happened? When, when Adam sinned, God did a wonderful thing. He chased Adam out of the garden. Which is a godly thing. Why? Lest he would eat of the tree of life and never die. Then he would be in his sinful state forevermore and never die. And you know what? If Adam would never have died, he would have been our representative forevermore. (laughs) Hallelujah! Then God was very clever. Let's kick him out. Let's eat of this tree and die. Then he said, listen, let's take man now and forgive him all his sins. And then open the way to the tree of life now. So that he can eat now and forever live in the righteousness that God brought for man. Now let me tell you something. If you don't eat of the tree of life, you will not live. <laughs> if you don't believe this, you will not live. And I want to say this. When I, hear, when I heard this, and as the Lord spoke this to me, I felt such an urgency and such a, a loving compassion and power to preach the gospel to as many people as possible. Amen. They must hear. They must hear. How will people... It says, how can they call on the name of the Lord if they have not believed? Here is people. God has forgiven their sins. He has brought righteousness to everybody. Open the tree of life. Now they've got no knowledge about this. You need to go invite them. If He comes, He comes. If He doesn't come, He doesn't come. But at least He must hear. So that he can start to function in the original blueprint that God has made him to be a believer. You say, no, we don't have to believe you. are saying, well, God, you know, you, if you, listen, let me, if you say, without faith, you can be saved. You are saying that God has saved you from a sinner to an animal. The best God could do with your sin is make you an animal, having no faith. Like our dog, you know. He's happy. Just don't kick me, man. <laughs> Feed me a bird. That's it. That's also fine. You know? He's not really worried. He doesn't believe anything. He doesn't have dignity and worth that he walks with. He's not in a place where he believes in who he is. That what God has done can manifest in him. No, no. He doesn't have that. But human beings has got that. So let me tell you, that if there's any doctrine that says without faith you can be saved, it's robbing you of being like God. 
It's robbing you of your full righteousness. Righteousness is also the word the right to have. I've got the right through Jesus Christ to have faith. To function from the most powerful way of functioning, which is to be persuaded of something. Why did God give His Son to you? Because He was persuaded of your value. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Persuasion, a full persuasion in something can push you through anything. That's why you'll find so many missionaries up in Africa. Now, I watch some of those missionaries. You know, they're poor, man. They struggle. But there's something inside them that pushes them to do that. And that is persuasion. So why must, are we not allowed, why, you know, and this is what I feel, we should never be part of something that says we cannot, we don't have to believe. Because why can I not function on the basis on which God functions to, to be fully persuaded? In other words, it fills your mind. There's no confusion to have that power in your spirit and to feel the power of God living in you. Why can't I live like that? No, I can. Because when Jesus Christ came and He restored man, He restored him back to His original image. Which is a believer. The problem that we have in, in, in church is we've always been taught that faith is a work that we do to get God to do something. And it's not a persuasion of what has happened. So now we felt, well, I must must get a new car. So now let me faith this thing, you know. (laughs) Trying to work up enough excuses to go and buy it. Listen listen to how ridiculous it is. You take a tithe and an offering, a seed for something you want. Okay? Then you take that, you go and sow it. You want a new 4x4, luxury one. Okay? You actually feel guilty to buy the thing. Now you go and do that, and now... It gives you an excuse to go and buy the thing you want because you said, I've sown so God allows it now. It's like the one guy has got this major house. And they ask him, why do you have a house with 40 rooms, pastor? He says, no, I've got a right to have a house with 40 rooms because I paid somebody else's house years ago and I've sown that and this is my reward. Blasphemy. Deception, not the truth. Man, if you want a house with 40 rooms, buy the thing because you want it. You've got the money. Don't manipulate and steal other people's money. But if you're a very successful businessman, go and buy the thing. If you, want, if you really want it. It's going to make you happy. Do it. But don't think, and this is the whole thing, you know, I'm going to face this thing now. And that brought such a wrong understanding of faith. Because when you go to people that don't believe, and you tell them, listen, you know, you need to believe in order to be saved. If you tell them that, you know, you can't even say that. You can't even say that. Well, it was mentioned a couple of times in the writings of Paul. You can't even say that because people have got such a bad taste in their mouth with, when they hear the word, you must believe. Because they don't understand that faith is something that comes naturally. 
It's a fruit of the word of God. How do you get faith? It's no, it's no uh, a secret on how faith comes. It comes by hearing that you've got it all. And you're persuaded of it. And as you hear, and maybe you don't find full persuasion. If you don't feel that full persuasion in your heart, you know what? You just need to hear it more. Get more of the law out of your life. In other words, don't go to a law meeting, not once. And I'm going to be bold to say this, man. Don't go to a place where they tell you you're not good enough. Don't go to a place where it bombards your, your, your subconscious mind with stuff that is killing you. Telling you you're not worth it. Telling you you're not going to make it. Telling you you're an I become. And now you get out of there and you don't understand why you can't be fully persuaded of what God has done for you. And out of full persuasion comes a resting of the mind. I can't get my mind to rest. Persuasion comes by listening to an argument. And go, and li- go and ask God and go to places where people tell you what God's argument is about your sin. God, what's your argument about my sin? No, your sin's forgiven. Why? No, because I became a human being, was sinless, and then I took the punishment for your sin in my body, so all your sins has been paid for, and therefore all your sins has been removed. And I did as your representative. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But I still feel guilty about this. What's your argument about this? Then God takes that same principle and applies it for you there. But God, I feel guilty because of this. Then God takes the same principle and applies it there. And as you listen to it, and as you listen to it, you find persuasion coming into your heart. Amen. But what I've seen, and listen to me, and we're talking practical stuff now. I've been preaching in places, and I've got friends, you share the gospel with them. Wow, hallelujah, bless God. This is the good news. You see, I'm going to say, praise God. He's very happy. But he doesn't want the full persuasion. He listens to it, grabs it because he had guilt in his life that he wanted to get rid of, but he's scared of being fully persuaded about this thing because he knows the moment he's fully persuaded about this thing, his life is going to change. He will not be able to go the places he's been going. I'm not talking about the bar. Or woman. And if he's going to the place where he's been going and he tells people what they believe, they might believe it, but there's a big chance they're going to chase him away. So I don't want to be fully persuaded. I feel the power of this thing. I've seen it so many times. You preach in a meeting. You see the face of the people. You see them experiencing that, that persuasion coming and you see the light of the glory of God coming into their eyes, man. And they go out and they say, Ooh, I'm a bit scared of this. <laughs> you know? And people get scared. Because of a legalistic mind. Because all of a sudden, the word doesn't fall in your mind, falls in your heart. And it activates a system here that, that, that brings forth the righteousness of God. Where you say, I am not righteous by my works. I am already righteous. And, but your mind is still full of law. And now there's this conflict inside you. You say, well, let me just stand a bit. I want to, listen, give over, man. Give over. I don't know who of you has been on that uh, cobra. 
You have to tonga. You know? When you sit in that thing, while you go up there, there's still a chance to stop that thing. I tell you. If you go on like a mad thing, they'll stop that machine. They'll do it. I've heard of it. But sit, man. Just sit. Just sit. Once it gets to the edge on the top and you feel that slowly, it's, you, hear, you don't hear that tick, tick, tick anymore. You just hear that. It's over, man. It's over. Nobody can stop it. It's only the Almighty. Further, nobody can stop the thing. So I want to tell you, when you feel the persuasion of this good news coming to your heart, maybe you're on that step where you still hear the tick, 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 tick. Don't make a noise. Just say, oh, it's scary, but thank you, God. This life, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have the ride of my life today. And I'm not giving over to that old law system again. I'm a free person. And, and maybe I don't feel that full persuasion. I'm scared or whatever, but I'm on this thing. And I'm strapped in and I'm heading for it. And the way you head, head for it is by continuing to listen to this message of God's unconditional love, mercy and grace. Yes. And nothing else. Having the words of Jesus ring in your ears. Watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. For in it is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is trying to be something you're not. Here Adam came, implemented a law system, and said, by what we do, we'll become. And the access that people had into death was not by faith, but by works. Everybody that tried. Even that unction inside him, that unction that says, oh, I must do something good. Even just that, trying and, and trying to do that, was giving him access either into righteousness or into death. But we know what access it gave. It was death. So that today, Jesus Christ could come. Come into that law system. Believe the Father. Live this life, holy and righteous, so that we today can say, He's forgiven all my sins. And there's a tree of life in front of all of us. So that we can eat of it in the state of man being washed from his sins and then live forevermore. And the way we eat is by the right God has given us which is to be persuaded and believe. I believe this, my God. I believe this. Hallelujah. God didn't decide, well, let's start a system where people must hear the gospel, preach to them, and then they must believe so that I can test and see as if they're not going to believe in me or not. That's not it. The reason why we must preach the gospel is because of the way man was created. That's why. And I thank God for this truth. It was always here, but we couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. Maybe you knew it, but I couldn't. I didn't. Isn't this awesome? Isn't this awesome? I end off with this scripture. You know, I don't know if you feel what I feel. I feel this, I feel this belief in me. This, this persuasion, this, it's natural. It's not this, 
this, okay, yeah, we sit with this world and now I'm going to try to believe this. That's gone. I had a little of that. You know, and then all of a sudden, and, and because I'm, I was all, I'm been in grace for years, I said, no, 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 no. I, and you, you've heard me preach, faith is not something you do, it's something that happens to you. It just happens to you. But the thing of why could Adam bring a system where people don't have to believe? And you see, the question is, in the question, in that question that, that could come from people or come from Satan or wherever, there's already deception in the question. There's already deception in that question. It's a wrong question. It's like saying people going to the athletics, you know, 400 meters, 400 meters. And you say, why does this guy swim the 400 meters slower than what the others run it? Swim on the track. I mean, it's, it's pathetic. It's not the same rule. You can't connect belief with the law. In the Old Testament, there wasn't actually belief. It only came to the, in the New when man was, in Jesus Christ, given the right to believe, when there was something for him to trust in, to believe, and to be persuaded of. Amen. Then God said, listen, in his mind, all of man has been made believing machines. He says, guard your heart above all things. Because out of, he says, take my word, put it in your heart. Okay? And then what do you do? Then you guard your heart above all things. Now what, what does it mean all things? You guard that heart more than your children, your wife, your house, your belief system. Because let me tell you something, you can lose your house, your wife and your children if you've got the wrong belief system. So do we take that word, we put it in our hearts. And then once we've taken that grace word, the finished work of the cross, we put it in our hearts, then we don't want to hear anything else. This is all. I'm sorry. I don't care if it comes out of a guy with white cap teeth. Thank God I, I stick with the grace of God. Amen. Amen. We'll stick with that. I'm not going to change. I want to hear this. For out of your heart flows the force that drives your life. So God said, okay, I've made people to function like this. They hear something. The something they hear must go into their heart. But the something they hear, there must be reality to it. So they can't hear the righteousness of God. They can't hear, you know, their sins are forgiven if it has not been lawfully forgiven. So let me do all of that for them so they can hear it, that that word can be dumped into their hearts so they can believe and be made or experience the manifestation of the righteousness that came through Jesus Christ what the Bible says. He became sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God. And he says he justifies those that believe. Read Romans 1. So when does justification come into your life as manifested? When you take the word, put in your heart. What is the word that's put in your heart? Your sins has already been forgiven, my brother. In Jesus Christ, you've already received the righteousness of God. Do you believe that? Oh yeah. When you believe it, you are eating that word. And then that word becomes reality in your life. And then at that moment you experience that life of God. Then at that moment you experience the washing away of the bondage of sin in your life. Amen. As you believe this, then God said, listen, 
send people all over the world. You know, go, tell people, because I have made these people that function as believe machines. We put it like that. That's like me. And they just need to hear this word. And then all that I've done will manifest in all my people. Hallelujah. Which is valuable to me. They just need to hear the word. So I want to tell you, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need to hear it. You know, because they are already valuable to God. Their sins have already been forgiven. But the Bible says, let me read it to you in Romans 5. <clears throat> Romans 5. And the only, way, only reason why it is like this is not because God wanted to be funny, but it was because that, because we've been made like God. It says in Romans 5, Therefore being justified, verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have, listen, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we stand in the grace. Let me put this. This is the grace of God. I stand in the grace. Okay? But by faith, I've got access to the grace and I make use of it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Believing is easy. It's natural. It's like wanting to drink coffee. It's, it's easy. That's where some cookies to vote yet. I mean, it's just easy. It's natural. It comes natural. It's like when you hear the good news to worship. I mean, you don't have to go to five lessons now to worship. No, no. What you hear produces that. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for every person that's here today. Thank you for your unconditional love. And Father, as these people are here gathered here together, I just speak today. I say to all of you, men and brethren, let it be known unto you that your sins are forgiven. It's preached unto you, the forgiveness of sins. That you have been justified from everything the law of Moses finds you guilty on. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, my God. And I thank you, Father, will not come upon these people that the prophet said. And, and I know all of them are grace believers. But I thank you, Lord, that the people they share the gospel with, it will not be of those people that the prophets prophesied and says, you, you, you hear and you marvel and then walk away. <laughs> no, no. It's like Elijah says, who has believed our report? But thank you, my God, that I can believe. It's such a godly thing. It's our nature. You've given us our freedom that we can believe. And because for so many years, our belief system was killed and we had to work. Having access by our works into death. But now, by something so easy, by works, we've got access into death by our ability. But by faith, we've got access into life by your ability. And that faith is even a gift of God. Not of ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. 
Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. I declare every one of you blessed. This holiday that comes, you are protected. You are safe. You are in the Beloved. You are prosperous. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a wonderful Christmas time. You'll have a wonderful New Year. Knowing that this New Year is not going to be blessed because it's 2009. But because of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that when we gather here together, we'll gather just with the same excitement that we leave here today. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.